0: week's episode of Weighed In, where we, as always, have plenty to get through. It's been a busy week in our little horse racing bubble. We've had endless two-year-old races, top-class rides, good racing to discuss. Uh, Stradivarius has retired. We're going to get stuck into that. Some of the older jockeys in the weighing room giving very strong opinions on a few matters. We'll be dissecting Dougie Costello's interview that he did recently. And actually, I was watching that Tony Calvin and I was thinking he has some similarities to you because he's an older statesman of the weighing room and mm. you're our elder statesman <laughs> and on top of that he has some pretty strong and direct views just like you now the only difference is he's got loads of hair
1: yeah yeah
0: how do you feel about that comparison
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Look, I, I thought it was a brilliant interview we need more of that in racing don't we um you know he we was, do he we was, do
0: uh,
1: I don't think Dr. Jerry Hill would have been particularly uh, happy about it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a yeah, I'm a bit I'm a bit traumatized after after looking at Richard Pittman's timeline uh, overnight. It's um <laughs> he's a like I said, we have called him the most dangerous man on Twitter before on this on this programme, and you know, he's doing nothing to play down those thoughts. God, dear me. No, Mind
0: absolutely. You, I should have added that to the intro. Things They should
1: um should, looking, at his, looking at his uh, topless shot, I mean. Uh, and his nipples, they should send them over to Ukraine, because if you fired them at Russia, the war will be over in about two <laughs> seconds. They are they are some <laughs> dangerous nipples, those.
0: <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen this picture, uh, it probably needs some explaining. But then again, there is no explaining for this man. There's a picture going around of Richard Pittman, topless, with his nipples out. Exactly that. Kevin, have you ever sent a topless snap to anyone? No, no never, right. he's
1: not sending it privately
0: sending it public. that's <laughs> true actually sorry that is true that is
2: true oh, I'd be a great man for a private one now Vanessa no but not, <laughs> not on Twitter no <laughs>
0: <laughs> but slipping and sliding into your DM soon Kevin oh, Blake's
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm married <laughs> Vanessa <laughs> he's, going he's going
1: to do an Ian Bofan <laughs> and <laughs> by mistake
0: <laughs> oh, man oh I, right uh shall we crack straight on with a review guys <laughs> I know, we, we can face. keep
2: going along the same line if you like i don't mind. i'm just
0: glad no one's <laughs> asked me if i've ever sent the topless picture but anyway <laughs> let's move on very quickly we know the
2: answer to that we've seen
1: it
0: A oh, wow. um <laughs> this is dangerous sorry. oh no that's
1: lawney hill sorry sorry yeah
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Tony. Come on,
1: let's move on before we get through everything.
0: It's literally, we're just a second away from Barry chiming up here and telling us to move on. It's crack on. Yeah. Um, oh, review oh, of the weekend's oh. action. Cheveley Park, Middle Ooh. Park, the group ones for the two-year-olds over the six furlongs. Um, Tony, let's start with you, since as you're in such blistering form. zoo taking the Cheveley Park for the Rafe Beckett team. Obviously, if Hugh he was here, he'd be calling him Ralph Beckett. So maybe we should do a nod to him in the process. And overturning Meditate as well in second and again. Um, she's just a proper two-year-old, isn't she?
1: Yeah, I I think she should probably be unbeaten because I think she should have got the Duchess of Cambridge stakes in the stewards. Which yeah. Touched touch out by Morge at Newmarket early in the season. So, But for that, I think she could be, you know... Unbeaten and obviously the, the form stacks up really, really well. Meditate and more sh- uh in second and third, and you no, know, she's just a very, very quick filly. But you know, if you're looking ahead to the to the Guineas, uh, and I think the sportsbook are quoting her, you know, for the Commonwealth Cup, I think mean, that might be about five to one or whatever. Uh, and I can I can see her being kept to six furlong because she looks all speed and the pedigree is all speed as well. So uh, if you're looking towards her in classic terms, um, probably not. But Again, the form is probably another boost um, to Tahira, isn't it? Um, With Meditating second, a close second there, but yeah, a very impressive performance. But looks to be all over a sprinter, doesn't she?
0: Yeah, I think for me, I've seen her in the flesh a couple of times now, and she's she's a proper two-year-old, strong, exactly what you'd expect from the Sar and Zoo star. But whether she's going to a progress on at or B, be able to stay further than sprinting trips is definitely up for debate, Kev. She's currently a 10-to-1 shot for the Commonwealth Cup, but obviously in the short term she does have Breeders' Cup options and I suppose she's the sort of filly that they're going to want to make hay whilst the sun shines, so to speak.
2: Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I think she'll be fine next year. Like I say, she is a sprinter, but um, I, I don't see why she wouldn't be fine next year. Um, and like Zeus, in fairness, he's been kind of a there was a lot of expectation with him coming with his first European crop this year, but it it was, it's not completely unexpected that they've taken a little while to, to really roll because they'd be like that in Australia as well. But um, this is his best rep in Europe and she's very good. And like in fairness, like Rafe's probably done quite a good job because, you know, she had one of those unusual gaps between runs, you know, kind of two months. But that always make you kind of go, hmm, that clearly wasn't planned. What's gone wrong there? And and he said afterwards that she kind of gone a little bit off on him after her penultimate run. You know, she'd been busy and she just went off form a little bit. And normally when that happens, like it's a real struggle to get them back. And he not only has he kind of got her back, he's got her back to produce a, a career best. So um, fair play to Rafe. And uh, lovely Philly. Like form stacks up really well. Kind of the right ones were stuck in the finish in the main. And um, yeah, th- there's no reason to doubt it in my mind. Uh, she looks, she looks, she looks a really good one. Um, albeit you almost it, almost sounds kind of derogatory, but like, she she is a sprinter, and I'd say that's her, you know, she they don't all need to be Milers, and I'd say that yeah. that's going to be her job, and that uh, she's very good at it.
1: I underplayed her, odds there. She's 10s, if you fancy her, for the Commonwealth Cup,
0: yeah, she is 10s, one, yeah, for the Commonwealth Cup at the moment, and then you've got um, Blackbeard. Introduced at five to one for the Commonwealth Cup and his tens from twenties for the two thousand guineas, following on his Middle Park victory again over the six furlongs and again all the right horses in the finish. Tony, it felt like that with the morning form standing up. Um, surely, it's kind of same same comments slightly apply given that he's very consistent. He's had a busy enough season, just like the zoo, but um, more of a sprinting type than anything else at this at this point.
1: Yeah, Aiden. Well, the, the evidence of your own eyes and uh, backed up by Wade and said after you know she he does look a he does look a sprinter, but obviously he had a one-two in the race and it's just testament to the fact that you know Aiden can keep these horses not only on the ball, but he keeps them progressing with experience. They were the first and second were both having their eighth start of the season, and um, so he's not wrapping them in cotton wool. And like I said, he, they're both quite hardy types, the first and second, and they keep on delivering and um you know maybe they'll go to america with blackbeard uh, i'm not sure but uh, again like zoo, probably not a classic type more of a sprinter
0: Yeah, and Kev, we can't go by without talking about Blackbeard's behaviour before the race. His antics probably weren't quite as bad as they have been in the past, but he likes to throw himself around. Although they do seem to, when you watch back him sort of behind the stalls, they seem to leave a handler off him as late as possible, don't they? And allow him just to not have it much around him. And then it seems to be when the handler gets onto him to load him into the stalls that the toys start to come out of the pram. But it feels as though they're getting a little bit more of an understanding of him at this point.
2: I think he's grand. I think that's just him. That's what he does. He, he's he, he's impatient, you know, and you just you just play you play to him and he's fine. You know, it, might look, it, it looks unusual, clearly, because it is, but I think they know what it is, why he does it, and how to work around it. And the most important thing is it doesn't stop him on the track. And like he's just been relentlessly progressive, you know, eighth round of the season, his best yet, um, probably by a margin. You know, no, was it's not with the Mornay, but he, he's driven on from that again. Uh, and I actually really like this horse, you know, coming back from watching him at Dundalk first time back in April. And he looks so raw and um, so raw. And he's just gradually, as he's gone on, got more and more professional. And like there seems to be this kind of almost um, people are knocking him because he's not Little Big Bear. Little Big Bear is one of the best two-year-olds we've seen in the last couple of decades, probably. Like So, you know, there's only... They, they can't all be Little Big Bears. And this fella's a, a two-time Group One winner now. And he's a very, very good two-year-old. And again, it's it's not... He, he is a sprinter. I'd say that I don't know if they'll even try to try and make him a miler. Um, I wouldn't. He looks fast to me. Um, sick and doing what he wants to do. And uh, I think he's great. He's, he's a character. I think Aiden kind of verbalised really well... Um. To explain his character and what he's doing and why he's doing it, and it makes him interesting, you know. It's like, like people, you know, we like, we like people that have interesting personalities and traits and are a bit eccentric. It makes them a little bit, makes them stand out a little bit, makes them more likable most of the time. Um, and I, I find him quite likable, I, I enjoy watching him. It's uh, he it puts on a good show, um, you know, not quite the same as Zenyatta, probably a bit more extreme. Remember, she used to do that kind of um, yeah, Spanish, Spanish walking thing there for pre race, but. Um, I, I like this horse and uh, no, theory, well, he's fairly very good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying his, his antics are negative in any way. I'm like you. I think it just adds to him because the bottom line is you and me both know working with horses regularly, all horses have a character, but it's very rare that they are that much of a character that you actually would see it for the 1% of time that you see them on a race course, if that makes sense. And a lot of the yeah. time, you know, they're trained and they're conditioned to – Behave themselves essentially. And he's the sort of probably 0.01% of a horse who um, just doesn't want to conform. And I like yeah. that about him and his ability, yeah. as you've said, it's not getting in the way of any ability as a two time Group One winner, a multiple winner at two. Like credit to him. And um, yeah, it gives him a bit, of, adds a bit of spice. Now, let me ask yeah. you this, Tony. At yeah. this point, right now, one word answer I give you 100 quid and you've got to have a bet in next cool. year's Commonwealth Cup. Would you take Lazoo at 10 to 1 or Blackbeard at 5 to 1? No other options. Which one would you take?
1: Oh. Well, the obvious answer is neither.
0: Just uh, <laughs> asking a question,
2: it. Tony.
1: No other, <laughs> no
0: other <laughs> <laughs> options. Have, I'm giving you the £100. Well, tell me which one.
1: You'll probably be doing your 100 quid, won't you, if you're giving me
2: if you, if you don't back one of them, you have to throw it away. So use it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he said Lazoo. He said Lazoo at 10 to 1. Gotcha. Well. What about you, Kev? Same question to you. Blackbeard at 5, uh, Lazoo at 10s.
2: Yeah, tricky question. I'd say the, the margin is about right, I'd say. Um, I'd say Blackbeard. I'd say Blackbeard.
0: OK, there we go. Let's move on. Tattersall Stakes a Seven Furlongs, Group 3. And if the horses we have been talking about are sort of fast, precocious, two-year-old types. Uh, Nostrum... I mean, is a good two-year-old horse, but we're expecting so much more from this horse from Sir Michael Stout's yard in the future. Um, he's now two from two. He's a Dewhurst contender and a genuine Guineas hope. He's now four to one from twenties for the Dewhurst and eights from fourteens for next year's 2000 Guineas. Uh, I was incredibly taken with this, Tony. Were you?
1: Yeah, it was a good performance. I'm not sure he's had a totally smooth run uh, on his way to, to Newmarket, but... Yeah, he was. I thought Holloway boy just looked to be cantering all over him, didn't he? And it just looks when you know that Ryan's got down and starts pushing away. I mean, he looked a kind of like a real grinder uh, in the initial stages, but really, really lengthened the wall to his task, didn't he? I think you know they'll be delighted with that performance. I mean, I think the forms were pretty strong. Um, you know, Holloway boy came in there off the back of a Cheshireman and a good second next time. Uh, this sounds like to Michael Stout. It sounds like they're not sure whether they're going to give him another run again this season. So, if you're asking me whether to go for the Dewhurst at fours or the or the Guineas, you you know if you're going to ask me that, another silly question. I'll probably run <laughs> for <laughs> the Guineas.
0: I wasn't actually. Thanks, Tony. I've done it, my Larry. one stupid question asking, for the, the show. You.
1: You're asking me to have a bet in a race, a mythical bet in a race, nine months nine months away. Jesus. Tony, She's giving yes. you free money to do a toy. And just free take money. it
0: as it is. Just take it <laughs> as it is. I'd
1: rather just give the hundred quid back and say, do it. <laughs> right. Okay,
0: terrific. Well, look, I'm not
1: I'm not asking you. Buy your dog another squeaky toy. Um, um... <laughs> Poor old bear. Oh, oh,
0: getting, <laughs> on, getting thrown under the
1: bus as well <laughs> last is nice well Richard
0: Pittman
1: last night's nice date still behind the sofa again I see <laughs>
0: Stop.
1: Stop. <laughs> again there um <laughs> no, I, I was quite impressed <laughs> quite impressed by it like I said he's um he, he looks a, he looks a proper prospect and so Michael stout it doesn't sound like he's, he's sure whether they're going to roll him out again this season but a top-notch prospect
0: yeah, I mean, I, I read the quotes, but well, I obviously watched and then I was researching for this show and I read the quote back from him where he said that he'd quite like, you know, they're going to see how he gets on when they bring him back home, but they would quite like to get another run into him, Kevin. That That's not really the stout modus operandi, as we well know. Um, so I was quite surprised to hear that they weren't just, I, I, I honestly thought they were going to come out and say, oh, we'll put him away for the season and bring him back as a guineas horse next year.
2: Yeah, I'd say they would they just like to get another run for education as much as anything, because if you you know if you're going to the Guinea's, you need to be ready to rock and roll in, you know, whatever it is, the at the end of April, beginning of May. Um, and he still looked quite raw here to me. Um, as Tony mentions, like I'd say they would have probably have hoped and intended to get another run in between. if he had another one of those unusual gaps, 63 days. Um, that suggests that it wasn't entirely smooth. It was gonna so, be
1: fair, he was gonna go to uh, Doncaster on the Friday when it got that got abandoned.
2: Yeah, true enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, another run for education would make sense. Um, like the Jewhurst would be would be tough um if, they, if they're to do that. But it'll be interesting to see. There's later options than that too that might work a bit better. But yeah, you'd have to really like him. like pedigree wise. You'd be Excuse me, you'd be very surprised if he wasn't a better horse next year. He's an absolute certainty to get at least a mile. You'd think. Mm. Um. So yeah, he's he's one of the more interesting ones at the minute, isn't he?
0: Absolutely. And I I haven't seen him in the flesh. I didn't see him at the weekend, but just from what you can see on the TV, he looks as though he's going to develop into, you know, I wouldn't say he looks raw now, but he looks big enough that he's going to develop further at three. So plenty to look forward to with him. A couple of horses who we might see in the and Futurity. Let's start off with the Foxes, uh, won the Group to Royal Lodge over the for the Balding team. Um, Tactical little affair. And from where he was positioned, Tony, I thought he did quite well to win this.
1: Yeah, as you as you mentioned, I think it was a very slowly run race, wasn't it? And you know they're all all, all in a heap, so uh, clearly going the right way. But I wouldn't uh, would be in a rush to really rate that form.
0: Yeah, that's I I do understand that, but at the same time, I'm always I'm quite taken with this source, Kev, because we're not taken intrigued by him because I think they've always thought an awful lot of him, and and Andrew's on record at say, of saying that he was sort of heartbroken when he got beat, I think first time out or at Ascot one of those very early runs. He's clearly taken a little while to get going but he is one of those balding horses that you could just see developing into something quite smart next year and he's now eight to one from 33s for the Vertum but he's introduced at 25s for the Derby and knowing that yard's obsession with the Derby and what a good record they've got with horses there I know not winning it but you know what I mean I just could see him ending up going down that road actually.
2: Yeah, like look, and like Tony's right. Like this was a messy race, and as an individual piece of form, you wouldn't like to get too bullish about it. But when you put him in the context of what he is, and like you look at his pedigree, and like geez, his, his dam, that was what, uh, one of the better producers around. Now she's been brilliant, but they're all like three-year-old, four-year-old, you know, ten furlong, twelve furlong horses. You know, in the fullness of time, um, this this fella's full sisters in Ballydoyle, the a three-year-old, you know, she didn't run it to. And she's mm. knocking around there at a mile and a half. She ran very well on Champions Weekend there. Like this is a, all about um being a three-year-old and getting over middle distances. So for him to be able to do that in a royal in a slowly run Royal Lodge, I think it's really encouraging. And for him to be sharp enough to run the Chesham, like I'd say, I I love that. I think I always think it's a really positive sign. Um, so while you would view this piece of form with a shade of caution, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he elevates himself beyond it going into next year and it is, it is a really nice middle distance horse
0: okay i would agree with those comments too and another horse who has a quote for the burton pituitary at this stage is crypto force 12 to 1 from 13s for him having won the beresford at the Currah at the weekend uh, a bit of causing not too much of a shock but a little bit of a surprise beating the coolmore favorite again like he did on debut kev um, what did you make of this performance? Prove that the debut run was no fluke anyway?
2: Yeah, it was really good now. And obviously the, the old snides were out in force after he got turned over in the Cheshire after being bought for, for so much money the few days beforehand. But um, he belatedly, with, with a bit of a break underneath him, um, he's come back and, and justified himself to, to a great extent. Um, and he was great. He travelled very well, picked up really well, um, strong over the line. Um, yeah like you'd be happy with him you know by time test that'll be Galileo Mayor while he was sharp enough to be out in early June like he's surely going to be next year's horse so they're very much back on track I'd say it would have been a very satisfying one for Michael now after the way it panned out and him changing hands for that much money so um, no fluke about it nice performance yeah on to next year we, I, we might see him again I didn't see the quotes afterwards but um, he's one for next year
0: yeah, I think both him and the Foxes obviously um, are priced up for the Burton Futurity, but reading and watching back, both connections said that it might be a case of put away for the time being and brought back next year. So I know we've been talking about loads on the podcast as the weeks have gone by, but the two-year-old division this year and then obviously going on to the classics next year, just feels like we've got plenty to be excited about and not all in one stable, which is refreshing. Yeah. Um, the Gosden good two-year-olds would of course be commissioning Tony who won the Rockfell Stakes the group two Um, she is clearly still a work in progress but with a huge engine.
1: Yeah very like I say very very impressive uh, that as, as the anti post quotes you know suggest you do get the impression they are very wary of her um, obviously she wore a first uh, hood first time out and they're at pains to raced her away from the track first time at a new market on the july course and again she, she raced on her own on the far side so whether or not she's gonna like you know to be you know around horses and, and in company in close proximity you know the jury's still out there but in terms of talent you couldn't be anything but impressed
0: and um, kev uh, were you as taken with her and and she's currently for the phillies miles she's seven to four from seven to two and she's six to one from sixteens for the one thousand guineas, but that Rockfell race was also a win in your in for the Breeders' Cup. So could you see that being on her agenda? What do you see her as in the near future, anyway?
2: Yeah, I'd like her a fair bit now. Vanessa thought she was very good here. Would they go for those international targets now? I don't think so. I think they want to make this a guineas filly, and they'll um, they'll, they'll be be steady away. With a view to that, Philly's mile is of course an option, but. Um, breeder's cups maybe not so much and again like I can't help but be drawn to that pedigree you know she's out of a full sister to Capri like you know it's, it's a, there's an awful lot of stamina on the dam side and I know Kingman can can jib up um any pedigree but in terms of pace but yeah, like you'd be, you'd be jib pretty up. excited. Is that now. what you
0: just said? Kingman can jib up. Is that an additional yes. flood stop uh, no, term?
2: I, no, I think I might have just coined one that. As the- in sp- speed up. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, jib right. up. Right,
0: okay. One one for the Betfair Dictionary we're going to do at Christmas yeah. time. Our, our, our
2: audience <laughs> are, are well accustomed to me coining things and they, they all understand goodness, so they get it they get it they
0: get okay it. okay okay fair <laughs> enough
2: so Kingdom can jib you, up any, any, any bookshops <laughs> we're
0: but gonna a, make a fortune Barry. Uh, we're gonna make a fortune Tony this is it this is where we're gonna Tony. make our millions
2: but I, I, I was particularly happy for the owner actually Sheikh Isa Salman um, he, he's a Bahraini man he'd be, he'd be one of the main men on the racing scene out there um, he, he I don't know if it's it's a fair equivalency to say that he, he kind of is, is the head of the equivalent of the the of HRI or the IHRB or, um, but it, it's along those lines, and uh, he's been kind of slowly and steadily getting more and more involved in in British racing and Irish racing, and uh, this is a homebred for him, you know. So I think this would have been a, a very sweet one, um, and yeah, I think he he's someone you be. I've met him a few times, and geez, he's highly knowledgeable. I think well, he'll be he'll be someone we'll be seeing a lot more of, um, and with with um with with them having sponsored the Irish Champion Stakes, of course. I think it's a uh, they're going to become bigger and bigger players now, so I think this will be a very important filly for them, and i very happy that she's now, that she's come on the scene and, and is doing so well.
0: Yeah, well, she's a good one for them to look forward to uh, over the coming weeks and months. Dubai Stakes, Tony. A quick mention for Eternal Pearl, a Godolphin filly in here. She's really found her mojo now and looks a live one for the fillies and mares at around eight to one.
1: Yeah, she was really smashed. In. She was as big as 11 to 4. I mean, she went off about 6 to 4, 11 to 8, and she had she, yeah, yeah, she was very impressive. Made looked like the runner-up had stolen the race. Um uh, but yeah, picked up really well and she's clearly a very progressive filler.
0: Would you have any interest in her for Champions Day? No. Nope.
2: <laughs> Even with a 300 pounds?
0: Yeah, do you want a three hundred pounds? Because we Too can sweet ask sweet you that again. Too
2: toys. Toys. <laughs> sweet.
0: Goat toys. Um, Kev, Kev, just very quick look back at the Kura on Sunday. Art power again. It's just printing money, isn't it? The UK sprinters over in Ireland. Wam bam. Thank you, man. We'll go home with the goods.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just keep backing them. let back them all. Just
0: keep backing them. Back them. them. <laughs> Seven um, furlongs
2: down. Just back them all. Yeah, yeah look um, he's a very good horse we know he's a very good horse is he a tip top Sprinter um maybe not quite but you put no, but him in that's company. why he can
0: win he's not a tip top Sprinter but he can win group races in Ireland over sprinting yeah
2: you, you put him in company like this and they'll just smash him up most days won't he um yeah. Sam Maximus ran very well for James Horton too you know British just dominating it really but um no I've always liked our power and this is him you know he's he's, a, he's dominant at this level um but get him up to group ones and he's just he's on the borderline you know so um so that was that. I'll tell you just before because we don't have it in the the rest of the running order, but I just wanted to mention it because I know and I know it's extremely unfashionable to say anything positive or nice about the cura, Um, But I was it there ran. yesterday, and I'll tell you what it was. It was the buzziest I've seen it now since the, the Pat Smullen day. Um, they had um, they had a taste of Kildare. I don't know what you call it event there with I don't know like thirty or forty stalls of set you know putting on various things there. And geez, it was a great hell crowd around. And, it was a it was a nice day to be there. Um, so there you go. Someone said something nice about the car, but um, <laughs> uh, I I I don't get all the the negativity myself. It's it, I think it's become fashionable to knock it, but um, I tell you, anyone that was there, I suspect would have would have enjoyed it. Um, there you go. Sorry, let's whisper it softly. Think the might have Well, and also yeah. as a
0: side note for that, the the golf's million race really looked to have like lifted that day as well, and obviously the result, um. It, that looked to have a great atmosphere, and credit to Goffs, You know, six hundred k plus to the winner. Obviously, a million in the prize pot. The weekend before the Orby sale, you can't ask for. You know, talk about a sales house backing themselves. I thought credit to them, and and you know, they got a great story out of that race as well, Kev.
2: And they did, yeah. I should look with the, with the with the with the. It has to be said with the with the structure of that race and the entries. You know, the owners do put up an awful lot of that pot. Through the the various entry stages, but um, you know, for for kind of a 90 horse to win it, I suppose it keeps the you know, normally with these things, you you end up with it with a class horse there. It's very tough to beat, and um, for for a good kind of hard knocking two year old to go and win it that didn't cost a whole lot of money. Um, I suppose that's the dream, isn't it? When you you go and you you tick the tick the boxes, they say or here here at the Gough's Arby sale at the minute. And the way it works is when you buy a horse, there's a box there on the on the form that they get. And if you tick the box to be put into the golfs million, that that's where that's where the journey starts. So um yeah, there will be plenty of people encouraged to tick the box this week, I'd say. There go yeah
0: and that's the point, the race and the good golfs marketing, and yeah, there'll be more people ticking that box than there will be not, put it that yeah. way, after and, the weekend. W-
2: yeah. on, on that general team, we, we better mention the Irish Azar, which as well, because that was another one that's kind of been created, not created, but certainly bulked up from, um, from out of the blue somewhat, and Joe Keeling, and um, a bunch of friends of the Corra as, as they're styled. Um, pumped up the prize money pot here to 600 grand and I think they got a really good race you know 30 runners it was, it was like watching the Melbourne Cup almost you know highly competitive um, Waterville with the most kind of uh, stunning of rides <laughs> Wayne Norton <laughs> was it kind of re- reminiscent of Cleveland in the Chester Cup earlier in the year um, last the first in a, in a 30 runner Irish Cesaro which like Jesus you, you wouldn't it see was it was Cleveland.
0: Often. it was Cleveland times 10 me and Yeah, it was
2: it was pretty it remarkable. Was even, I, yeah. I don't know how we got that run. Like, I don't know how much luck, luck or skill there's both involved there. But yeah. um Jesus, yeah. it was it was something to watch. Now.
0: <laughs> oh, everybody... Tony, what was the in running situation, Tony? Give us the lowdown.
2: Um, I don't know actually. Um,
1: <laughs> Mayhem, I'd say. Everyone's well, going on about the winner, and rightly so. But have a look at the ride of uh, the run of Falcon 8 uh, in fifth. Now, he's he in a
2: similar position, did not he? he?
1: He was two lengths in front of uh, the winner on the inside, um, you know, toward, I think he was third or fourth last turning in. Whereas Waterville got all the, ru- all the run and all the gaps going. Falcon 8 up the inside was like um, was like stopped a few times, finished, on, pretty much finished on the bridle, and stay on to fifth. Uh, straight after the race, I looked because that was off a mark of one hundred and seven. Falcon Eight, and I was I was looking to maybe to see if he was still priced up or win the Ascot race. Um, but unfortunately, there's no entries for Falcon Eight. I mean, the win, Everyone's going to focus on the the winner, but have a look at the ride and the run that Falcon Eight got. Uh, that was on the back of an underwhelming performance previously. So,
2: uh,
1: if he's supplemented anywhere or he's going anywhere, keep an eye on that one.
2: Tony, if I gave you £100 <laughs> at 16 to 1 for next year's Chester Cup, would you take it? Nice. <laughs> Bear, Bear's <laughs> going to be drowning he, in toys. He, he, <laughs> literally, he'd literally <laughs>
0: rather burn the £100 than take a bet like that because he thinks we're... Well, actually,
1: I probably would because Kevin doesn't need £100. Because he... <laughs> <laughs> he's so rich. And also, he's clearly picked up a gig with Curra Racecourse because he's a, he's blowing smoke up their arse. <laughs> Curra uh, Racecourse race, and, and desiary, gods, yeah. Great atmosphere, 30s and 40s. He's definitely picked up some PR gig with, with uh, Curra nice. as well
2: all the sy- it's, a, it's a cynical old world isn't it a cynical
0: yeah. old uh, world. Getting it
1: like in that- into
2: that Bahrain geezer as well <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's cynical. Clean up this weekend Blake
0: cynical Calvin back with a bang uh waterbill for your information hit a high of 44s just for very small money and echoes in rain hit a low of 1.11 <sighs> um Let's move on, uh, news and views section, a few bits and pieces to cover. Obviously, we're sort of all in the aftermath of the Sean Levy case with the bee, so everyone will know by now the B sample came back clear, he's cleared to ride. Um, and Dougie Costello did an interview on Sky Sports Racing, highlighting a sort of quite a few issues, but specifically, I suppose, a lack of confidence in Jerry Hill, the doctor, the um official BHA doctor, no confidence in the saliva testing and the issues that come with that. And now the fact they brought up a a wrong result, essentially what that means, the ramifications of that. And then he also went into the issues of no saunas as well. So it was only a short interview at Southall, I think it was, but um, he wasn't shy with his views and it seemed to be well supported as well, which is a bit worrying. I think Tony, for me, the issue is here, is you know, where is the new boss of the PJ? The new chief executive is, is Ian McMahon, but yeah. wh- where where is he? Where is he? Well, it's
1: obviously, Paul Strubbers was a, was brilliant for the jockeys, um, a, a brilliant operator. and I don't know what he's up to at the moment, but hopefully he's hopefully he's yeah, well, getting right. some peace
2: and quiet. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully he's <laughs> had a rough last couple of months.
1: Uh, well, yeah, he was like, say McMahon. I had to Google because when Barry said on the running order about you know new PGA chief exec, I didn't, I couldn't tell you off offhand who it was. So I had to Google him, and obviously he looks to have come from the you know racing uh, for rugby and golf circles uh, and football as well. He's not not a racing man as such. No, he has been. as uh, Strivers had a very a very uh, good public profile um, mainly because he was brilliant in front of, uh, with the press, wasn't he, and, and interviews, etc. So. Uh, I'm not sure you know, how effective and how active um, Ian McMahon is, but it'd be good. As with the BHA, it'd be good to get there on the front foot and address some of the issues there. Because, like you said, uh, Dougie Costello really gave it to Jerry Hill, saying he's only turned up to one of the uh, one of the uh, one of the kind of like um, seminars.
0: Conferences, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, I said he was like didn't turn up to two of them on a six-figure salary. Gave it to about you know saunas and how they need to you know be sweating in a regulated environment as as not by not be sweating going 70 miles an hour going down the motorway i can see both sides of the sauna argument um clearly you wouldn't want them dehydrating it but you know whether it be heating on full blast or using a sauna before racing so yeah um he brought up a load of issues and i just like again i just applaud that kind of honesty and stuff like that i think bob cooper just couldn't believe his luck. He just like you know, let him let him let him take the stand in two and a half, two and a half minutes of kind of like, um, uh, and it was like it was it was reasoned, um, criticism as well. That wasn't he wasn't you know ranting and raving, um, he was he was quite considered. So, yeah, I, I fully fully applaud for that kind of honesty. And uh, it right. seems, sounds like it reflects a lot of jockeys' comments. And, and it's, views.
0: Tri- it, it's a tricky one because the jockeys have had quite a lot thrown at them over the last sort of few months this year basically obviously the new whip rules and the changes that are going to be brought in around that and the way in which you can use your whip you know we were asked to sort of ask lots of questions when we were on course when that news came out to the jockeys and a couple of people just didn't really want to say very much because they wanted to go away speak to the pj you know reflect on and read properly what the new rules would be the sauna's changing now. This as well with this Sean Levy case. I just feel like there's there'll be plenty of views in that weighing room, Kev. But and Dougie's come out and expressed some of them. But surely the chief executive of the PJ at this point should be more on the front foot as Paul Struthers was. You know, he was a real forward-facing chief executive for them, and he was a real voice for the men and women that he represented. Um, are we lacking that at this stage now? And is this another um, mess with the Sean
2: well, game Well, no, it's a really tricky thing, and just just on the saunas because that that clearly was contentious amongst the jockeys. Some some it suited some, it didn't suit others. You know, clearly they they weren't going to get a, a unanimous um, view of it amongst the jockeys. So that, look, it's a tricky thing, and that my view at the time was look this is this is clearly one for the jockeys. From an outsider looking in, you'd think, oh yeah, it's a good thing to get rid of the saunas, but as Dougie articulated. Like you're you're not you're not stopping the problem you're just moving it and potentially moving it into a into a less controlled environment and you know that the case for that is 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 very clear and the dangers of it so um look that I, I don't want to I don't want to have a strong view on it because I think it's it's really for them but um the Sean Levy thing like oh d- talk about deeply unsatisfactory my God um because I think anyone the one of the biggest fears most people would ever have in life is, you know, to be falsely accused or a false insinuation about something quite serious. You know, Um, we all thought what we thought when the initial results came out. You know, how often does a B sample not tally up with an A sample? Extremely rarely. So we all fall into the trap, or certainly most of us, I know we did. You fall into the trap of making assumptions that he's failed the drug test. Um, like others before him. And this, this, the B samples come back and he, he's innocent. He's completely innocent. And he's had this week of not just lost earnings, potentially substantial lost earnings from the Racing League point of view, but even more damaging is the insinuations and the the, 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 the image damage and the reputational damage. Uh, and that's like deeply unsatisfactory. You know That's why they have the, the A-B sample system. But um, there's clearly big concerns about this new saliva test. It's, it's a new thing. Um, from speaking to a couple of people during the week, I know jockeys have concerns about it full stop because the practicalities of it, you know, if you're taking a saliva sample off any of us, it's, it, it practically, it's not going to be an issue, but when you're trying to take a saliva sample off a, off a jockey on the track um, who the vast majority of are like deeply dehydrated, like getting enough saliva to do, to, to get an, an appropriate sample is, is a challenge, you know? So it's, 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 they're going to have to look at it. They're going to have to look at it and see if it's appropriate to do it. We all know it's well-meaning and we all know the objectives they have. But if it's not fair and consistent and reliable, you got to knock it on the head because the worst thing that can happen to anyone is to, to be falsely accused, um, albeit even for a week in this case. But um tell you, if I was Sean Levy, I would be hopping, absolutely, absolutely. hopping with anger about the whole thing
0: it's happened once it's kind of unforgivable it's happened once but it would be more than unforgivable if a fault if this situation was to happen again wouldn't it Kev? you know if there was a oh yeah positive yeah. a and a negative B again this just cannot happen again yeah
2: and look it's like it was similar with the with the hair testing for horses you know people were calling for it for years and years and there was a lot of people saying hey life's up the science and this isn't strong enough you know, this is such a serious thing that it needs to be right before you roll it out. And I know there's even a thought that they've maybe rolled it out prematurely because it, it, the science isn't strong enough. And maybe this is something similar. You know, we know it's well-meaning. We know it's it's all about trying to maintain fairness and safety, et cetera. But if the science and the, the technology under, under underpinning the whole thing isn't on point, sorry, lads, you got to take a pull and wait until it's right because the stakes are just too high with this stuff.
0: I agree. Two higher stakes. Um, let's move on to the um, big strategic meeting that happened to put horse racing oh. right. Eighteen people, uh, big players in British racing, meet, met in London. Crunch, for two crunch days. talks,
2: Vanessa. The most Oh, I, I, nearly sure saw it. Bill as one of the most important uh, series of meetings in, in British racing history. Big stuff. Well, come
0: on then. What, what are the accountable actions we've heard from the meeting since?
2: Well I think the, the, the headline is they all sat down for two days there and they, they hammered it out. you know, no punches pulled straight down the line and the conclusion was lads, I think we have some problems and we should go about fixing them. Does everyone agree? Yes, let's go for tea. I think right. that was fair. <laughs> unless I missed something. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that that conclusion um, undersells it. I think they agree there's problems that they need to get stuck into. They basically can't change anything in in a, before the beginning of 2024. And um, yeah, let's go away and have some more meetings, lads. Um, well, so I had someone. So I saw someone on Twitter put up a, put up a great um, put up a great line that kind of sums this up. They said, um, "A camel is a race horse designed by a committee," and when you have <laughs> when you have so many. People trying to go and in a room, trying to push in one direction to get a job done. You have too many cooks, too many opinions, too much red tape, and you end up with an absolute hames. And um, yeah, you wouldn't be reassured that positive headways being made, um, despite the, the clearly the, the the haste that's needed here, given the the obvious problems that we all see every day and talk about all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, we all know those problems. We probably didn't need it two-day meeting in London to decipher that but um was there any other further positives to take from it Tony's um
1: further positives I don't, I don't <laughs> think we I don't think we got one from Kevin there did we um, well, the
0: one positive being that we all agree we've got issues okay? they have tea
1: afterwards and the tea was lovely I
0: actually that. heard that they rattled through a good few packets of custard I, cream I, I, so. I, think,
1: I think it was all kind of like undermined when they with the, with the line to come out of it was Oh, by next spring, we'll be able to tell you what we're going to do about it. Now, you know, that's another six months away, six months of small fields and, you know, we've, lost, raising. You know, we've lost, you know, Solcombe, you know, the the, uh, the York winner, we've lost with that one to Australia. I mean, it's like six months before anything tangible happens or any tangible announcement is is not bad. And just listening to Julie Harrington on, on, on Luck on Sunday yesterday, um didn't fill me with optimism that there's any dynamism uh involved at the BHA. i mean that might not be fair but um she's not an impressive interviewee uh i'll say that now and i, I defy anybody to tell me any different um no i think i think it was underwhelming but again we're not going to have to see what develops but the fact that we have to wait another six months and more committee meetings in the, in the meantime and people getting together it's 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 not massively satisfactory, was it?
0: Okay, well, let's move on. Hopefully we will hear some more positives, more <laughs> positives from the meeting in due course. Um, uh, oh, a couple of other no. things to mention before we get to questions. Kevin, first one to you. Um, it might be missed by a few people, but Stephen Mahon back in the news again and not for good reasons this time, surprisingly.
2: <laughs> yeah, he, he's got another conviction um, in, in the in the law Jesus courts. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. <laughs> He he had a disagreement with a neighbor of his and uh, gave him a horse whip across the face. That seemingly scarred him for life. And um, yeah, he was found guilty in court there last week. I think his sentencing is due up um, next month. So yeah, nice fella. Uh, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> Jesus um, you Christ. know, I, I, as we as we've um, found out in the in the fullness of time that the 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 two years that we spent. Um, with Irish racing name being dragged through the mud with insinuations about drug use and what have you, stemming from Jim Boulder's comments. Uh, we, we found out not so long ago that um, all those comments were, der- all that those accusations were derived from the word of Stephen Mahan. Um, and there you go. That's who, that's who we've been hearing from. There you go. If you're happy with that, uh, there you go.
0: He, he's not a man who is followed around by good press, is he? Let's be honest. Um, oh, it's given... not to do
2: with press, is it? It's uh, reporting the facts.
0: Well, reporting <laughs> the facts in the press. Yes. No, you're right yeah. with that. Sorry. Yeah. Correct. Um, other couple of topics. Well, I suppose we should give a mention at this point to uh, Stradivarius, the retirement of. Um, I know, you know, he's been the butt of a few jokes, really unfairly, on this show over there. Years quite literally just a lot of nothing to do with the horse, more to do with comments around the horse and his you know campaigns at various different times. But there's no going away from the fact what a legend he is. He ran 35 times, he won 20 races and four Goodwood Cups. Now he probably should have won four gold cups, should he care, but uh we better you know we need to pay credit to him here. He's now retired. They don't want to bring him back at nine years old. And He's been a real public horse. You know, he's got he's got people really engaged in the staying division and he has a lot of fans out there.
1: Before you go to Kev, we've got we've got you Carhill on the lines. He's gonna come in with his out <laughs> <assessment> of areas. <Stradivarius. laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, Hugh, the, the the chairman of the fan club you know it, it seems wrong they were discussing his retirement we might have to do a stradivarius special with you
0: <laughs> a, strad, a strad special a strad
2: but, special uh, uh, he, he, he was a wonderful horse jesus like uh, you, you go back through his form there and like you forget like he, he ran so well in, in in the ledger you know go back Uh, going back five years you know Capri, Crystal Ocean, Rekindling stuck in the middle of all them and he's been the most wonderful stayer very unusual stayer because his main weapon was a turn of foot you know and he he was a great horse to to overcome adversity you know and races went wrong and he'd be pocketed up there and he'd need to really do something special to get out of trouble and and he did it a heap of times and uh, I suppose one of the most if you're putting together the highlight reel of his career, I suppose, that day in the, the Gold Cup at Royal Ascot when the rain came down and everyone thought the ground was gone from, and uh, And ITV had the most wonderful camera angle of him from, I don't know where it was, but it just really showcased this ridiculous turn of foot he showed in the and Sages and streaked away and won my half the track. Uh, brilliant horse, wasn't far off his best this year even, he, he was getting stuck in in amongst the younger brigade and uh, wonderful horse you know some of the some of the, the carry-on around them was a bit tedious there in the end but um uh, i really like the horse how could you not wonderful campaigner nothing but respect for him but tony yeah. if i gave you if i gave you a hundred pounds <laughs> right yeah. on on the possibility <laughs> of him coming out of retirement at some stage
1: <laughs> would you take it would you take the bet? <laughs> it me?
2: would seem like it's the sort of thing that might happen with this. Even, given
1: that, that bjorn nielsen seems a very strange yeah. cat <laughs> um, I, it wouldn't surprise me but what there was two points i was going to make there i mean if you showed anybody that ascot gold cup winning performance on very very deep ground and said the connections were going to say after that race oh, we're going to keep him away from that kind of going uh next time he, he clearly didn't like it you think you want you think you're barking mad And so i love the fact that five minutes after the story broke about strataverse retiring uh, Alan King came out and, and said Trushan was not going to run in the Prix de Cadran uh, uh, this weekend, just trolling him and pissing on his chips once again. I thought it was marvellous. That couldn't have been a coincidence, could it?
0: Excellent play by the Trushan team. Um, do we want to give a very, very quick mention to Lee Motter's Ted's recent comments. Um, Tony, over to you for this one.
1: I will suggest, I mean, obviously, Lee's <laughs> a very much a, a racing TV and an ITV. <laughs> um, and I suggest that he, when he when he doesn't go racing, I suggest he watch racing TV on a Saturday afternoon and the actual car crash week in, week out when you got a congested fixture list. Uh, you know, last week we had, the week before we had all six afternoon meetings on racing TV. And again, I watched, I was in a pub again on Saturday with friends watching racing TV from start to finish. You know, you've got split screens here, there, and everywhere. You've got pundits and presenters probably broadcasting to about two people um, and their dog with squeaky toys uh, on Racing TV Extra. And you've got, I mean, it's kind of like, and if you're decided, if you're at Irish Racing deciding where's best uh, to, to place Racing, uh, Irish Racing, uh, when, it, when it comes back up for uh, renewal in, was it two, 2023, 2024? I Mean if you even watch racing TV, you just say for the for the for the love of God, just you know, give it to a channel that can actually do it justice and not just giving clashes right right, left and centre. Now, you can say what you want about the odd race on ITV, great. But just like for people who watch racing and want to watch interviews, who don't want, you know, for for the Beresford stakes uh, to as soon as they cross the line, now we go over to, you know, the nought to 102 handicap at this style or whatever it's like quality of broadcasting has got to be that i mean one of the things very briefly because i know we've got a lot of questions to get through one of the things that in that in the BHAs, um, the bullet points that came out of that was the promotion of racing and the celebrating of racing and pushing it more you don't get that by having six meetings on an afternoon on the same channel uh, and you've got group race action and it's being just like it's, like you said take your point it's bam bam thank you man it's betting shot like it's betting shot uh, type fodder and it shouldn't be like that uh it, they should like say you should have the whole the whole kind of like uh package of good iris racing celebrated so um no i i think it's a no-brainer and i'm not just saying that because you're both you're both at the races sky sports um, You know, well, work for those. I a hundred percent believe that. But yeah,
2: hello, I I come here, Vanessa. I, I stay very quiet on this for obvious reasons because everything you say is seen as being conflicted. But like this deal is is soon enough to be decided now, and I think people need to kind of focus their minds a little bit on what the decision has to be made here, and maybe speak to some of the people involved because, right, <laughs> that <laughs> just bamboozles me now. It's, it, going forward, right, the the for, the financial future of Irish racing in terms of media rights is going to be focused on betting turnover the landscape is changing right and turnover is going to be the key and for anyone to think that being behind a paywall of of a subscription channel of a highly congested subscription channel is conducive to maximizing turnover on Irish racing is on a different planet to me and also the notion that ITV would only do business with RMG is uh, it's a very dangerous assumption to make from, where I, from what I see. And I'm obviously in both camps. You know, I saw ITV and, and, and Sky Sports Racing collaborating at the Racing League all summer. Um, there's, there's nothing wrong with that relationship. So that would be a very
0: dangerous assumption to make. Let's move on two questions guys a a good few topics to rattle through here first of which is the sky sports racing betting show tony that happened it was a racing debate special on sunday on sky sports racing and we've got a few questions a couple of questions first one dean thomas with atr sky sports racing doing a betting special today and you suggesting betting coverage is poor on itv racing what would you do to improve information slash coverage on betting tony you better take that one
1: yeah, I just, like I say, it's just not ITV racing. I, I include all three channels in that, uh, including, yeah. including your one. Um, it's I would say first thing is accuracy. Uh, in, if you're going to quote betting betting movements, make them accurate, make them up to date. Incorporate you know the exchange price. If you've got something short in fixed odds, you know reference the exchange price as well because that's that's you know that's more relevant. Um, make it you know if you've got dead air time. You know, use that to educate the audience. Betting strategies, looking ahead to anti-post races, etc. There's loads you can do. So I, I, I it's wrong to suggest that it's poor on ITV. I think it's poor everywhere. um But okay. yeah, I mean, that, the actual show, the actual, the actual show, I thought was actually all right. I mean, I it got a lot of grief on um it got a lot of grief on um on twitter for, from certain people but i think it was it was fair in the main the very fact that he actually, they actually actually put it out there is very much to their credit it's very easy to run away from subjects like that it was disappointing that the gambling commission and you know the major online bookmakers didn't go on there to to defend their case but yeah it was obviously it was a bit embarrassing in parts at one point i think matt i thought i was hallucinating when matt Chapman said oh i only know five punters who make a who make a consistent profit out of horse racing now." Considering the guy writes well, a writes well, a tipping column, that's probably not the kind of thing you want to say if you you've got a profitable you know tipping column himself. So which I'm not sure if he has, but he may well have done. But it's um and I, I look I, I think it was a I think it was a, a fair stab. I think it was it was he ran out of steam. Why they had that 10, 15 minutes of IBAS guy on there, I do not know because it just kind of like fell apart of interest there. But no, fair play to them. I thought it was a fair stab at it. And okay. I know these and things, Jack-
2: I've, I've taken part in one or two of these things over the years but I said I just know that it's impossible to please people when you're covering subjects like this because the 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 serious punter will say is the most difficult to please individual you'll ever come across in their life because they just, <laughs> <laughs> you can could, you could, you could literally chain yourself to the front of one of the major, the main offices of one of the major bookmakers in protest of uh, you know practices that you're not fond of, and they would they say, "Ah, oh, you should, you should have done more. Chain yourself to the building. You know, not enough. We want more. You know." But mm-hmm. I know, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a reasonable stab as well.
0: OK, well, that's probably covered that. But just to reference Jack, thought, who's asked thoughts on today's racing debate and do you believe more pressure from mainstream media outlets like SSR, Racing Post, ITV Racing, et cetera, will help hunters bet fairly or are we too far gone? Well, hopefully
2: Yeah, fu- fun- fun- fundamental problem there, Vanessa. Like I wrote about restrictions for years and years and years, going back kind of 10 years, eight years. Um, and at the time, it felt like you had half a chance, of getting in because at the time they were bringing in the minimum bet limits down in New South Wales, and what have you, and it felt like there was a chance that if enough people got behind it, that you might have been able to make something happen. Um, a horse racing betters forum was just being was just being formed at the time. It felt like there was a bit of momentum. It didn't happen, and now. That the world has changed for betting and now betting is quite a toxic thing in many ways in like imagine going to the government and asking them to to um, to, to bring in a minimum bet limit, a minimum lay guarantee. You know, when the, the main discussion at, at government level is responsible for gambling and affordability yeah. checks, etc., you've absolutely no chance, unfortunately. Um mm-hmm. and then but if, if you want an interesting example in Spain at the minute, it's an absolute free-for-all. They, 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 they basically made a ruling saying that bookmakers can't restrict anyone. It, it's illegal. So it's basically it's been a giant free-for-all there for the last while. It's been fascinating to watch. And if you if you Google that, you'll, you'll find some interesting stuff on it.
0: Jesus. Jesus, watch how that develops with interest. Um, uh, on to Chelmsford, who were in the news this week because they didn't—they had a meeting where no general admission was allowed—and Kevin winterton has asked chance of decision to not allow general race goers in last thursday needs clarification one why take on a meeting with five day notice if already having private functions booked well race course is a fundamentally a greedy beast two did bha know in advance no general admission would be admitted then no, yeah and three have read read only one, Oh, i see i've read that only one bookmaker was in attendance this is a slippery slope if above answers are what i think they are tony <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like I mean, I don't buy into the fact that this is a a template for the future. I mean, it it did seem like a one-off, but
0: it did seem like a one-off because of this whole private functions already being booked out.
1: But again, he make I read the Racing Post article on this, and no one from the BHA was quoted. And the most salient point he makes there is were the BHA aware. That there were going to be no general attendance there, and and obviously there's a there's a betting spin off there. Like you said, I think it's a very fair point. Like I said, I don't buy into the conspiracy theory. Although we all know, you know, the idea of racing behind closed doors has been bandied around uh, in certain sections. But yeah, no, I mean, like it all comes it, again. It's another there's another betting story that probably wasn't uh, given the uh, given the promise it would be. Yeah, but just coming back to the the minimum bet limit. Um, I think it's a bit of a red herring, uh, but obviously some bookmakers do from ten am on the day. Like the sports book and other bookmakers do allow you to take out any bet for, for you know, for to take out five hundred quid. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't buy into that minimum bet limit whatsoever because you know you can't take advantage of a minimum bet limit if you if your account is shut. Fair
0: comment. Yeah, just just um, on that
2: a yeah. thing as um, well. I was, I, was, I was slightly taken aback by the, the kind of the heat of the reaction that I got. And it just it reminded me a little bit of the time they talked about closing Kempton and the whole industry got up in up in arms. I'd love to know how many people that are getting up in arms about Chelmsford. I've actually been to Chelmsford in the last couple of years. You know, Jesus, these people get so excited and so wound up about things. I wish, and I hope they're, I uh, hope they're, they're voting with their feet as well, and they actually turn up at these tracks. Because uh, I suspect, <laughs> I suspect, an awful lot of them don't. Yeah, all the no, people no I
0: guess
2: I not. I've been here on an evening, and yeah. If, if
1: 1% of the people who were up in arms actually went to Kempton now and again, yeah, I'd be very surprised.
0: <laughs> Let's move on, guys. We're going to run out of time. Barry is getting more and more irate with us. Brendan Faditi <laughs> has asked, the breeding one, uh, probably for Kevin. Don't know why he doesn't think Tony could answer this. But Dubai has, in the last oh year, God. side Group 1 winners from six furlongs to a St. Ledger winner. Obviously an elite, world-class stallion. But is this unusual, the way things are going? Yep.
2: Um, yeah, the, his, his his produce have seemed to kind of alter. I think they've made him very differently in more recent years. He, he does seem to get a sharper type of horse now. Uh, look, some horses are funny. Some stallions will, will really stamp and they have a type, like a very kind of set type, like, like so the legs of the Montjeu or even a Galileo. Um, they just won't get a certain type of horse, whereas Dubau, can seem to throw all sorts, all shapes and sizes and all profiles. Um, so, yeah, if, if, if it was an exact science, that's would all be millionaires.
0: Yeah, as Brendan has pointed out, Dubawi is indeed a world-class stallion. Ash Simmons has asked, curious to see what you all thought of the interference in- incident in the 240 at Haydock on Friday. No bans handed out to any of the riders involved with the Double Cherry and Baltic Bird incident, but Luke Morris picked up four days for the Sea King post-impressionist later on. Tony?
1: I went and had a look at the BHA site. I mean, the ride, uh, are have been st- a... Say so, yeah, it, he got away with one there because that could have been really nasty. He really yeah. wasn't brought down. Uh Luke Morris got four-day ban as 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 the haircut Ashuman said. But uh <laughs> uh the 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 interference for uh the for really been brought down was deemed accidental, so no uh, no bans were handed out there. Accidental apparently. Oh ugly oh okay. race. Um Bradley Lemo is it has
0: asked yeah. what is the more popular IET... What is more popular, i.e. TV ratings, the jump or the flat? You must be asking what's more popular on
2: It'll be the jumps, clearly. But uh, those big flat meetings hold their own now, the likes of Ascot and uh, the Derby would, would box very well, but yeah it's, it's week in week out
0: it's got to be the jumps isn't yeah it? it's
2: your Cheltenham's it's your entries like yeah. we we see in our um analytics for any sort of racing content podcasts any big any of the big racing websites like it's it goes on a it goes up, up up all the way through from Christmas to Cheltenham and then it starts to come back down and it's not really until the, the near side of Christmas that it really starts bombing up again oh. like it's a very it's a very clear graph
1: or if you're yeah. mommy, the answer is anything on racing tv and it's can- <laughs> not
0: me out, only, jokingly, only how, joking,
1: joking. How, how
0: do you say Luke's last name, boys? Because he always calls him
1: Nicky Minaj.
0: Oh yeah, Luke <laughs> has asked. Can we start talking about the national hunt season after no. next Sunday? No, Luke. It's off. All right. I told you it's after Champions Day. I told you all a million times on the show. Well, very re- quickly, quickly,
1: just go and read Kevin's article on at the races website from last week. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, Paddy is ours. Did <laughs> racing TV and learn nothing from the double box derby Saturday—a perfect example of how to. Oh, beep up, a good day of racing. Really enjoyed watching the 29-runner Cambridgeshire on two-slash-three of the screens.
2: you so really just beep fake If Paranaut head could say a feck, you can say a feck, but oh, say... No, no,
1: no. The, the reason was I actually changed one ah. letter. of what I actually put. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so Vanessa could actually read it out. And she actually... <laughs>
0: with <laughs> I'm just such a golden. Was, was a lot of work.
1: I don't know why I'm beeping out swear. words. I I should make yeah. ones up. Yeah.
2: Well, and Paddy, we've, already on split covered. we've already
0: covered that plenty already on this show in terms of the coverage Irish racing. It's like, we, currently we know we it's not
1: racing it. TV's fault, but it just it is murder, isn't it? Yeah,
2: yeah. New, like new market, lads, Jesus, that was shocking. Like the, the first race was a three minutes off and they just never seemed to have any sort of um, oh, yeah. any sort of That's um, next effort. To catch up at all whereas Liz Stone in fairness too him like big fields they're bang 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 on the button every time all day
0: well Kevin has probably just answered Patrick Anthony's no, question <laughs> just the old off times debacle anything that can be done understand it probably isn't as big an issue as too much racing on the one channel but if courses aren't bothered about getting off on time with no penalties then they won't become more timely off their own
1: yeah you just got to pull these courses up and the bha you know, should the yeah. bha should be handing out you know fines and stuff for this just
2: yeah
1: it's it's not great i mean t- to be fair it's not just racing tv tracks i mean someone pointed out at plumpton there was a free runner race that opened their card the other day and they were three minutes late starting <laughs> yeah. and they were that, and that's right in front of the stands so it's you can't get free it. runners to the start of the race on time on the first race of the day when it's such a minimal field
2: and it's not like it's not like you're not trying like on saturday you know the new market off it for example three thirty, and the stall was off at three thirty-three. you know they put in the uneven times trying yeah, yeah in a sense in a sensible way but new market just messed it up because they weren't bothered I, 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 I do
1: love it when an irishman says Tree thirty
2: three. Thanks very much, yeah.
0: Um, Chris well, has when you're, asked when, guys, when, you're
2: on, when you're on holidays out abroad when you are a teenager that thirty three and a third is just absolute gold for, for an Irish for an Irish young fella in amongst the English girls. <laughs> Love it. Look,
0: don't, don't bring us English girls into it. I've never loved the Uh, tree, dirty. uh Chris, uh, Chris has asked. <laughs> the 5.30 at Dundalk on Friday, James McCauley had Instrumental, who was favourite in the morning at 5-2, drifted out to 14-1 to SP and came second to a well-backed winning fav trained by none other than Dennis Hogan. Has this been looked at and is there any update with the previous case? Kevin, Uh, that's one for you.
2: Well, one assumes it was looked at. Look, every Irish race is covered um, by the BHA, incidentally, and they were subcontracted out the betting patterns analysis to them. So it would have been looked at and um, flagged accordingly if if there was anything to flag um, as regards the previous case. Yeah, we're two and a half years down the line. Um, there's There's two big ongoing cases in Irish racing. There's one relating to Rona McNally. Um and Drill deal and others with a, a improvement in farm case they actually started hearing that last week there there's apparently 600 pages of evidence in that they they worked on it for a few days and I read in the Irish field um yet the other day that it's been adjourned for a month for some reason Rowan McNally requested an adjournment so that's going to sit on the sit on the shelf for another month and um the 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 word is that the that the the other case then. Will um will come up in the not too distant future. After that, whether that happens or not, I don't know. It's been um it's been reported, it's been imminent a number of times, but it uh, can't be in, imminent forever. It has to happen, and two and a half um, years is an awful long time.
1: Just very quickly, yeah. I, I went and looked at that race. Uh, there's no no problem w- whatsoever. Shane Foley gave the second a proper ride right there, and you know we all know the morning markets are pretty illiquid uh, and they can drain your metal each fully off. But there's nothing in that race whatsoever. I'll, I'll see Fortin anything but no there was nothing going on there See, you know, that, thing, right. that is
0: very true uh davy has asked your point of view of the amount of cheating that's happening and being ignored <laughs> by bha stewards wow davy no holding back horses <laughs> only at 2.0 being laid all the way out to 14 when there's no justification to do so on form and times any punter with half a brain wouldn't lay these horses tony
1: it's it all like we come back to the morning price and the overnight price again uh you get you get massive moves going both ways when the liquidity comes into the market about ten minutes before the off. You know, if you know some some bookmakers bet to about 170, 180 percent the night before. So, you know, if he if he's talking about an evens in a for a maiden race or whatever, yeah, they are going to drift
2: dramatically. You know, but they plenty
1: win, plenty lose.
2: And would you dare say the quality of odds compiler isn't what it used to be? Ooh, <laughs> doesn't ooh. have doesn't have to be, does it? you know yeah. they stick, them in, stick them in whatever price you like and some agents will correct it for fivers and tenors so yeah why not uh,
0: barry's not happy with that comment david <laughs> brown has asked uh, the last true. couple of questions david brown <laughs> a lot was made in summer regarding horses being sold to hong kong mainly due to prize money is there any concern whether we will start losing jockeys too appreciate top ones will stay but we have lost sds sylvester de souza and harry bentley uh, when you look at SDS earnings since he left, you can see why. That's an excellent TV. question,
2: that one. I think that's a, a tough question. question. It is yeah, a good yeah. question, I thought I'd that. I'd say there's very few places that, that will be worse to be a professional jockey day-to-day than in Britain. Um, with yeah, all the yeah. travel, I'd say it's, it's an absolute nightmare. Ireland's a bit better. It's a very difficult scene, but if you're in a good position, it's fantastic, the volume of racing, etc. But England is a slog, my God. And prize money, awful. You know, I'm surprised more don't leave. It's the fact I suppose it's familiarity that keeps people there, language, etc. But Jesus, like the, the opportunities that are there and um, even in France comparatively, prize money wise, you know, Hong Kong, Australia. We've seen a couple Irish lads go out to Australia there, haven't been, um, having not enjoyed a huge amount of success in Ireland, to be frank, and they're gone in Australia and they're riding group one winners and earning fortunes. So um, yeah, talent drain could uh, could switch the jockeys as well. Great shout.
0: I was gonna yeah, mention new callan there, but
2: I won't upset another
0: person, so yeah. yeah. Uh, JJG has asked, what is the name of the music that's played at the beginning and end of the podcast? Well, it's called something called Sonic Branding, JJG, and it's something that Betfair had commissioned, and it's played at the top of all of their podcasts, and it means that when you hear that music, you know that you're about to hear an absolutely top-class podcast, because that's <laughs> what Betfair deliver. Um. Finally, from Paul, does Aidan O'Brien need a new syrup? the amount of times during an interview he tries to keep the current one on suggests he does
1: he, he does hold on to his hair quite a lot doesn't he uh, i'm not saying he's i'm not saying he's like me underneath but you should answer this anyway vanessa you're, you're the uh, wig correspondent um, in racing aren't
0: you? i could put him in touch with david Howden's man you're right
1: <laughs> that's your profitable gig gone
0: and we're done that's it guys it draws the show to a close this has been very fun as always thank you so much for listening we will be back later in the week with racing only better enjoy yourselves out there everyone